Blog Talk Radio. Worldwide, man. 
Welcome to the show, y'all. Babakwa to Wab, which means good morning in the ancient Paleo Hebrew. I'm your brother, your friend, as always, Tazapa. I'm joined once again by Hasadai in the building, y'all. Shalom. I want to send shouts out to our affiliated schools, uh, brothers here in San Antonio. The brothers in H-Town, the brothers in Rochester, New York, and the brothers in VA. Shouts out to the brothers in ABQ, Albuquerque holding it down. And shouts out to uh, Cow Cop down in Guatemala. And our new uh, associate members, uh, hopefully they can get a school or something going out there uh, in California, man. So shalom to uh, all our affiliated schools. And... Um, you see any announcements? Anything? You got any announcements? Anything you want to say? Yeah. Thank you. All right. So I want to uh, welcome everybody once again to the show. This is Blog Talk, uh, Bible Talk, sponsored by ISBHPK. Uh, we've been doing this show for uh, over 10 years now, man, with lots of uh, archive shows. You can check them out. We, on, on, uh, we are on, I think, Apple Music. Uh, and I believe Spotify, too. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mashaba. You do a great job with these announcement things. Um, let me go ahead and dive into the show, man. I hope everybody's healthy. hope everybody had a great weekend. Um, still, like I always, because I got a lot of stuff I want to get into. I don't want to do a lot of talking. So uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, after this manner... Therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So this is the prayer we need to be praying on the daily, y'all, so we can get the hell on up out of this demonic, wicked, dirty, disgusting place. All right, let's get Psalm chapter 118, verse 24 for me, please, ma'am. Is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So good or bad, happy or sad. The most high bunch of two is going to bring you through it. And you will come out better on the other side because of it, y'all. So this is the prayer that we got to be praying. These are the things we need to be accepting while we are here in this whack-ass place. Um, where I want to go. So let's dive into this article here. Tell them where you're reading from. And if it's your first time tuning in to the show, y'all, um, I do about an hour of news, current events, or a Tazapah soapbox, and then I get into another hour. The, the second hour will be the class, the actual class topic, Never Wax Tail, The Revolt Part 3, which is part of a long, extensive series that I've been do- doing concerning the captivity of the Israelite nation as a whole, I first started out doing the Northern Kingdom, and now I'm dealing with the Southern Kingdom because our history is very vast and extensive, y'all. 
we have so, 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 so much history, man. Uh, but that's coming in the second hour, so let's deal with the news now. And this is something that actually popped off last week, y'all. And these, this is the aftermath of what happened. Tell them where you're reading from. Okay. From abcnews.go.com. 11-year-old Adarian Murray speaks out after being shot by police following 911 call. So this is young brother down in Mississippi last week who caused the cops to come to his mother's aid, some irate baby daddy, and the cops show up at the door. That's the article that I initially read. At the door, they had their damn guns drawn. And they go in and they shoot the little boy in the chest, man. Read on. Reported May 30th, 2023. Adarian Murray, the 11-year-old boy who was shot by police on May 20th after calling 911, spoke out about the harrowing experience in an exclusive interview with ABC News that is set to air on Good Morning America and GMA3 on Tuesday. I came out of the room like this, Adarian said, with his hands above his head as he reflected on the incident in an interview with GMA3 co-anchor DeMarco Morgan. It felt like a taser, like a big punch to the chest, he added. Adarian said that he ran to his mother, who was standing outside after he got shot. I was bleeding, bleeding from my mouth. Then I would just remember singing a song, he said. Asked what song he was singing, Adarian said, no weapon formed against me shall prosper shall. The line is, ref- is a reference to a Bible verse, Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Look at this young man. Got the zeal of the most high, man. Wow. Read on. Adarian's mother, Nicola Murray, previously told GMA3 in an interview that aired on Thursday that her son was shot in the chest by a police officer who responded to their home in Indianola, Indianola Mississippi. Now, Indianola, and I knew it sounded familiar. I've been down in those parts. Indianola's about an uh, hour away from Jackson, Mississippi, and I believe that's the state capital, ain't it? Mm-hmm. I was down there, whew, man, back in the 90s in a town called Bel- Belzona, Mississippi, which is not too far from... Indianola, mm-hmm. Mississippi. And you know what got me too, man? These names of these places. For y'all that's familiar with Israelite history, we know that the Reubenites, the tribe of Reuben, is from the southern region of the United States. Uh, the states of Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Louisiana, those states. And look at the name, Indianola, Mississippi. So this is some of the stuff I just be tripping off of when I be reading certain articles. But go ahead with the with the article. In the early morning hours of May 20th, after her son called 911, Murray is now calling for the officer to be fired. So she wants the police fired. This dude is still, he's not actively working. That was the last report that I read. But He's suspended with pay. So it's like he's still at work. He's still getting a paycheck. 
This dude just shot an eleven year old boy, but he's still getting paid. Now let's get uh, hold the article. We coming right back to it. Zechariah chapter eleven. Now I want you to start at verse three. See, this is what really uh, strikes a nerve in me about our people. Our people act like they just don't see the injustices or see the disparities amongst us and our red counterparts that we loosely refer to as white. They act like racism, white supremacy don't exist. And they act like, you know, we bring up, okay, yeah, the so-called white man is the devil that the Bible speaks of. They're so appalled by what we say. They're so taken back by it and so argumentative and always want to take up for this dude when the proof is in the pudding. It really is. Man, like I say, it, it seems like I'm always talking about Esau. <laughs> but this dude's DNA is always at the crime scene, man. Always. Read this. Zechariah 11.3. There is a voice of the howling of the shepherds. So it says a voice of the howling of the shepherds. We're the most high shepherds. A shepherd is somebody that leads the flock. So there is a voice of howling of the shepherds. We're crying to our people. We're in the highways and the byways by way of street teaching or street evangelizing or on the airways by way of social media or whatever uh, platform that we might have to get this word out. That's us. Read. For their glory is spoiled. What spoiled? Their glory. Our glory is our nation, is our people as a whole. Our people spoiled, man. Our people have been indoctrinated and programmed, institutionalized with this country's ideology, and they just refuse to come out of it, man. And this is why our people are spoiled. They're spoiled from what the scriptures refer to in the New Testament, as the commonwealth of Israel, man. They won't join the sheepfold. They will not join the principles of the Bible. They will not adhere to those. Read on. A voice of the roaring of young lions. A voice of the roaring of the young lions. That's our young brothers, man. They're the young lions. So where now they, they speaking out. They know something's wrong. Like this little boy in the oracle, he, I don't know if we got to it yet, but you see, asked his mom, why, why did they shoot me? What did I do wrong? This dude, he's going through changes. But you know what he's seeing? He's seeing what a lot of our people refuse to see, the evil that this society continues to do against us. Read on. For the pride of Jordan is spoiled. Thus saith the Lord, my God, feed the flock of my of the slaughter. The Most High says, feed the flock of the Who's the slaughter? It's us from the Joy Floyds, the Tamir Rices, the Philando uh, Castiles, and all the other people, Mike Brown. I mean, you name it, the list goes on and on. That's what we've been trying to feed our people, man. That's what we've been trying to tell our people why these things are happening to us. 
that we got to come back, adhere to the ways of the Most High, the principles of Christ, and then our lives will be better for us. But our people refuse to listen. Read. Whose possessors slay them. And what? Whose possessors slay them. We are, in fact, in captivity. When you tell our people this, our people don't even believe they're in captivity. Oh, y'all tripping. This ain't no slavery. This ain't no cap- captivity. Why? Because you can go out and buy a, a pair of $100 retro shoes, $200 pair of damn retro shoes at, liber- at, your, at your liberty, at your leisure. Because you can go shake your, your your ass at the club. It ain't captivity. Man, y'all got it twisted. When you can't own your own land to where you can produce your own food and eat off your own food without being taxed, your ass is in captivity. That's captivity, y'all. I don't know if y'all knew that. When you got to pay for water, what was the comedian saying? Water supposed to be free. When you got to pay for, we have wells. When you have your own land, you have your own sovereignty, you have your own wells, you can form your own crops to where you ain't got to worry about damn pesticides and all this other mess being sprayed on them. You can have livestock. You can have chicken with no steroids in it that also carries uh, the female uh, hormone known as estrogen which is why little boys be having titties and be emotional as hell. Men, too. Why men be having that belly fat. When you can have your own land, you can have cage-free, real cage-free chicken. On-the-range chicken with no steroids, no antibiotics that make you sick. We are, in fact, in captivity, man. Read on. Whose possessors slay them and hold themselves not guilty. They've been slaying us. This ain't nothing new. Everybody's going uh, through a stereo because unarmed black people getting killed by white people. It's been happening. Unarmed black folks have been, been getting killed by white people. Go back and check the history books. I know that's something y'all don't like to do. Read what they say. You want to hide anything from a nigga, put it in the book. True fact. Niggas hate reading, especially in the days of social media. If you can't present it to me visually in about 30 seconds, I ain't messing with it. I implore you to unplug from the matrix and go back and read a little bit. And you, when you read, you'll understand that our people have been getting killed for centuries by the so-called white man, whether it was through channel slavery or through Jim Crowism or the lynchings or the other countless things, the experiments. Shemson wanted to great job of bringing it out in his class last week. I forgot what the title of it was. Excellent job. The books he pulled out, talking about the experiments that they've been doing on black and brown people for centuries, which is why the medical institutions 
have all the technology that they have. They've had a lot of practice on us. Read that part again. Whose possessors slay them and hold themselves not guilty. We ain't did nothing. Oh, they just some niggas. They just some wet bats. With they, they own God don't even care about them. What was that movie in The Godfather? They had that meeting at the damn table. I think it was part one. He said, uh, yeah, sell sell the, the drugs to the niggas and the spicks. I don't want it in my neighborhood. He said, sell it to the niggas and the spicks. He said, they're animals anyway. Them lose their soul. These are the things that they say about, say about us in real life, y'all. Monkeys. Y'all remember that the uh, tennis player that was uh, dressed up like Serena, mocking her? And she was being filmed on global television. She came out, stuffed her bra to have the big boobs like Serena stuff. Stuff she had on the butt pad to make her butt look big like Serena. You know, and they say imitation is the best form of flattery. So she's mocking us, but at the same time she loves us. And that's the that's the so-called white man. They have a love-hate relationship with us. I don't know if y'all really understand that. This is why they run around now pumping all that damn collagen in their lips. Who got big lips like that? Us. Because they know that's sexy. <laughs> that's sexy. The little thin monkey-looking lips they got, that ain't sexy. They know that our women are sexy women. They're sexy creatures. They're beautiful creatures. Let me say beautiful. I ain't going to use the word sexy. Beautiful creatures, man. Gorgeous. They know this is why they're trying to look like you. This is why they're going to get the damn uh, BBMs or BBLs, whatever you, you call them. They're getting the uh, butts, the booty shots to make their booties bigger. Who are they trying to look like? Why do our people doubt modern medical establishments? That's the class that Shams did, did, y'all. Why do our people doubt modern medical establishments? Y'all can see that on YouTube. ISBHPK, San Antonio. Good class the brothers did. But, yeah, why why y'all think they running around there? What's that Kendrick song? He said, who do you think they copy and copy off us? Because he's trying to tell y'all. They're trying to look and be like us. But our women run around here with damn blonde hair. Looking stupid as hell. You got blonde hair. And you you blue black. <laughs> and with blonde hair. Come on, man. Like a damn idiot. Anyway, let me get back on topic. Read it again. Whose possessors slay them and hold themselves not guilty. Read. And they that sell them say, Blessed be the Lord, for I am rich. And their own shepherds pity them not. They did it all in the name of the Lord. Remember, that's how they justified the slave trade, the manifest destiny. Oh, God wants me to do this. God wants me to have this. He says their shepherds, their shepherds don't even pity him. Their leaders don't even look out for them. 
all the black leaders, you can roll them all together and, and throw their ass in the, the deepest ocean with the biggest damn boulder because they are no defense against for our people, for our nation. They are for self. They've been sold they damn sold. Go back to uh, the order. Murray told ABC News she gave Adarian the phone and asked him to call his grandmother after she said she woke up around 4 a.m., heard a knock on the window, and saw her ex-boyfriend standing outside. I noticed he was kind of irate, and from dealing with him in the past, I know the irate version of him, what it could lead to, she told GMA3. Now, give me Deuteronomy 28, verse 54. She said she knew what this could lead to. Like a dealing with one group of people, man. We keep trying to tell our people the same thing over and over and over again. It's like you hitting your damn head up against a damn brick wall, man, because our people are stubborn. They just don't see it, ain't trying to see it. They just, life is good here in America. Read this. Deuteronomy twenty-eight fifty-four. So that the man that is tender among you and very delicate his eyes shall be evil toward his brother. This is black-on-black black crime. This is why you got niggas fighting each other all the time. Even Israelites, sadly to say, just got through fighting each other. What, week before last, all on YouTube, IUIC versus ISUPK? These brothers try, trying to teach Deuteronomy 28, and they, I guess they teaching, they are teaching by their terrible-ass example. You're trying to get our people to wake up and see, see that they live in the curses, they in the curses, and you fools is exhibiting it. Anyway, read on. And toward the wife of his bosom. Now, this is what I want to get to. His eyes going to be evil, meaning he's going to hate his wife. This is domestic violence. This is what, what, what this <laughs> sister is talking about in this article. She talking about she know how he gets. Which lets you know what? That this is not a one-time occurrence. This nigga always do this. She trying to make it seem like he pop up at four in the morning. Like, is he don't do this all the time. No, he been doing this. This nigga coming from the club, drunk. She probably ain't answering none of his text messages. And now he trying to get in the house to see her. But miraculously, he's saying, that, oh, I want to see my daughter. At four in the morning, that's the card that niggas always pull when they trying to see the woman, the baby mama, but she don't want to be bothered with them. Uh, let me see my daughter, nigga. You is not trying to see your daughter at four in the morning. You, you making the booty call? That's what you trying to do, nigga. But anyway, this is something that's, that had been going on. And look at her sister subjecting, or subjecting her children to this type of behavior. So what type of behavior are they going to experience? She got a boy and a girl. So the little boy is going to see, okay, if I love a woman, I'll beat the hell out of her. The little girl is going to see, well, if I got a boyfriend, he don't beat me, he don't love me. Because this is the same thing I've seen my daddy do to my mom. So this is the type of relationship I want to have. Don't y'all see this as psychological profiling or programming? But this all is in Deuteronomy 28. This applies to us. Not the, the small head people don't have this in their history, in their uh, mentality 
of dealing with each other. Read it again. So that the man that is tender among you and very delicate, his eyes shall be evil toward his brother and toward the wife of his bosom. Read. And toward the remnant of his children, which he shall leave. This is why we are very familiar with the term baby mama, baby daddy. Because we generally don't stay together. This is why we got to celebrate black love for couples being together for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. It's an anomaly. It's, oh, that shouldn't happen. Niggas don't stay together that long. Oh, y'all been married for how long? What? Oh, let's 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 throw a party. <laughs> let's celebrate. <laughs> don't y'all know we supposed to be together until our caskets drop? That's what the most I said. That's the way it should be done. It, it we only in this place we gotta celebrate being together five years. <laughs> oh, we made it a year, baby. It's our anniversary. It's our anniversary. That's not normal, y'all. That is what we think normal behavior is, is not. That's insanity. Go back to the article. According to Murray, Adarian first called the police, and then he called his grandmother, who also called 911. Now, remember, the mama told him to call his grandmama. (laughs) But what's this smart little boy doing? Like, hell with that. I'm calling the cops. Come get this nigga. Come get this nigga up out of here. He called the cops. Then he called his grandmama. Read on. ABC News has reached out to the ex-boyfriend, but a request for comment was not immediately returned. Duh, you think? Read. She explained that that two officers responded to their home in Indianola and her daughter's father asked her not to open the door as police tried to break in. I heard a shot, and I saw my son run out toward where we were, she said, recalling the shooting. Adarian fell, bleeding, Murray added. Indianola Mayor Ken Featherstone told ABC News on Wednesday that police officer Greg Capers fired the shot that hit Adarian. Capers was suspended Monday, Featherstone said. ABC News' attempt to reach out to Capers directly were unsuccessful. You think? The Indianola Police Department declined to comment. You think? Adarian was rushed to the hospital where doctors discovered a bullet had collapsed his lung and cut his liver. Look at this brother. Got a collapsed lung. His little brother collapsed lung and a what? And cut his liver. His liver was cut. So it was what they called it? That's him serrated. Serrated liver. You only get one liver, y'all. So hopefully they stitched his liver up to where he won't have any more issues. I don't know about that collapsed lung, if the lungs will regenerate or not. But he potentially is going to have lifelong health issues behind this, if not uh, health issues dealing with uh, those body parts. He's going to have uh, mental health issues dealing with these traumatized man you get shot you call the police to come to protect you and they show up and shoot you in the chest according to the family 
According to the Mississippi Bureau of Investigation, which is investigating the incident, officers responded to a domestic disturbance at the home and a minor was significantly hurt from an officer-involved shooting. The results of the investigation will be shared with the Mississippi Attorney General's office, the agency said. Now, let's get Deuteronomy 28, verse 49. Deuteronomy 28, 49. The Lord shall bring a nation against thee from afar. Right. From the end of the earth. Read. As swift as the eagle flyeth. See, look at all the clues that the Bible be dropping. This nation going to come from afar. It says from the end of the earth. Because remember, Columbus thought what? That if you sailed this far, that you would fall off the end of the earth. That's what he thought. Because he said that the earth was flat. Well, everybody else said it was flat, and he thought different or whatever. But it says from the end of the earth. This country, known as America, is from the end of the earth. This is where the so-called white man traveled to come pick us up, kidnap us from the west coast of Africa. So this is what the Bible's talking about right here. In this one little precept, this is a lot of history being covered. And it said that as swift as the eagle fly, mean this country was going to have the eagle as their mascot, as their symbol, as their emblem. Got to put the clues together. Whether it's the American eagle that's on the back of your dollar, which is on at the uh, the president's office on the U.S. seal in the, that carpet in his office, or going back to Rome where they had the eagle as their emblem, or the Greeks where they had the eagle as their emblem, is still giving you significant clues that you can piece together so you can see, hey man, this is historical. But once again, niggas don't read. Niggas hate history. We know. A nation whose tongue thou shalt not understand. The bastard language of English. Read. A nation of fierce countenance. Fierce countenance. A fierce face. When you see them, you get scared. When you see them, you're afraid. Because you know something about to pop off. Whitey show up, you know something about to go down. Read. Which shall not regard the person of the old. They don't care if you elderly. Rosa Parks. Oh, you better get your ass up and go to the back of the bus. They don't care, man. Old, young, they don't care who you are. Read. Nor show favor to the young. This little brother, they just shot in the chest. Police officer didn't care. He entered the home with his weapons wrong. That's in their training, huh? Read. And he shall eat the fruit of thy cattle. Now go back to the article. Investigation, the Mississippi District Attorney's Office referred all inquiries to the Mississippi Attorney General's Office. Passing the book, read on. The Mississippi Attorney General's Office is tasked with reviewing and prosecuting all office re- officer-involved shootings. That being the case, we do not have any comment nor involvement in this investigation nor prosecution, the DA's office told ABC News. The Mississippi Attorney General's office did not respond to ABC News' request for comment. Murray family attorney Carlos Moore told ABC News this incident is an example of excessive force. With living in the South Mississippi especially, sometimes you feel that you can, you can trust the police a little more when they are 
your own color, your own race, Moore said. Now, he said, especially in Mississippi, everybody that I've known that grew up in Mississippi or visit Mississippi all hate the hell out of Mississippi. It's across the board. They say, I ain't never going back. I remember uh, Fenton, my mama's ex-boyfriend. He was from Mississippi. He never wanted to go back to visit. And he really, really hated white people. Never wanted to go back. Some of my son's grandmother. And she hated white people with pet. Pa mama hated white people with a passion. Something about Mississippi. Anyway, read on. But now this man, this young boy, would never trust law enforcement again. You think? Read on. Adarian said now he wants to be a doctor. When asked if he was if it was because of his life saving care, Adarian replied, Well, not only them, as I said, it was God that saved my life and I truly, truly believe that. Look look at the spirit of this youngster, man. Look at the zeal that he has for the Most High. He said, man, it was the Most High. It was the Most High, man. Yeah, you ain't lying, because St. Louis ain't no better. <laughs> um, give me a, hold this real quick. Give me Romans chapter uh, 10 and verse 1. Romans. One, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is for, who? for Israel. This is Paul, y'all, in the New Testament. Who's Paul praying for? For Israel. For Israel, not the whole world. Don't get it twisted, man. Read. That they might be saved. That they might be saved. Salvation belongs to Israel. Read. For I bear them record. Now listen to what he's about to say. This is currently known about the Israelites, so-called black and brown people. Read. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God. Like this young boy. He has a zeal of the Most High. Read. But not according to knowledge. But they don't know the Most High's knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. They don't know about the commandments. Our people don't even realize that we're in captivity. All right, let's go to uh, go back to the article. Read the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Although she's calling for the officer who shot her son to be fired, Murray said she does not hate him. She says she don't hate him. Let's get Ecclesiastes in the Bible, chapter 3. Start at verse 1. Our people be getting this twisted, man. We so, you know, and Christ said it too in uh, Matthew chapter 5. He says, blessed are the meek. Of the earth, of the earth. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah. Blessed of the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. To be meek means that you endure injury patiently without resentment, man. This is definitely our people. Our people are so forgiving, so forgiving to the point that they just want to be inclusive and they think love is love and God loves everybody and we should love everybody. No, y'all. No, and that's why I read in Romans that we have a zeal of the Most High, but not according to knowledge, because the Most High knowledge teaches us this. Read this. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1. To everything there is a season. 
there's a, a season for everything, man. Like we got the four seasons, winter, spring, summer, fall, right? Everything has a season to it. Read. And a time to every purpose under the heaven. And there's a time for every purpose under the heaven. There's a time for almost every emotion or every emotion under the heaven. Now, the emotions in particular is going to be a time for, always a time for, jump down to verse 8. A time to love. There is a time to love, man. Because the scriptures before this tells us it's a time to embrace. And then it says it's a time to refrain from embracing. You know, no different in the household. You and your woman, it's the time y'all going to be lovey-dovey, all up in each other's face. There's going to be other times where you got some issues with her or she got some issues with you. <laughs> and y'all ain't going to be all up in each other's face. That's even in a relationship we can extend. I mean, we can understand this concept. Read on. A time to love and a time to hate. But the Bible says the time for every purpose under the sun is a time to love and it's a time to hate. Sister, this is your time to hate. First of all, you need to be hating the terrible decisions that you made. That's first and foremost. To be dealing with this nigga that put his, that's putting his hands on you. Probably putting his hands on the sun too. You should be gritting. You should be hating. You should be hating the decision you made to give this nigga. And you should be hating this cop that shot your son. I don't know why people get off with this. this, this. It don't even make sense. It reminds me of the brother that was running. Was it the brother that was? No, it wasn't the brother that was running. It was the brother that got shot in his uh, apartment up in Dallas. I forget the white lady name. But at the trial... His relatives hugged this woman. They hugged her. They said that they forgave her. That's a trial. And then the, 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 the reason they use for forgiveness, we're Christians. Hmm. They hugged this lady. Hell, the, the judge, who was a black judge, got down off the damn uh, podium and went and hugged this latest white lady. She was a cop. She came in and she came into the wrong apartment and she thought that it was somebody broke in her apartment, which was his brother, and she shot. I forget the name. If y'all remember the name, Carl, I ain't making this stuff up, y'all. But our people, man, we are so damn forgiving. Anyway, let's get the next article. Yeah, Amber, Amber Geyer. That was her name. She shot the brother of uh, Bolton Jean. I believe he was a Benjamite. Yeah. Bottom John. Yeah, his, his brother was hugging the white lady. My goodness. Get the one from NPR. Yeah. From NPR.org, reported May 29, 2023. For black drivers, a police officer's first 45 words are a portent of what's to come. When a police officer stops a black driver, the first 45 words said by that 
officer hold important clues about how their encounter is likely to go. Car stops that result in a search, handcuffing, or arrest are nearly three times more likely to begin with the police officer issuing a command, such as, keep your hands on the wheel, or turn off the car. That's according to a new study in the Proceedings of National Academy of Sciences that examined police body camera footage of 577 routine car stops involving black drivers. So they did a study, y'all. And, oh, what did you know? The police stop, stop black drivers more than they stop white drivers. And they take black drivers to jail or they kill them more than they do that to white people. You did need a damn study <laughs> to know this. Read on. That's according to a new study of the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences that examined police body camera footage of 577 routine car stops involving black drivers. 81 of these stops ultimately involved searches, handcuffings, or arrests. That kind of... 81 of them involved what? 81 of these stops ultimately involved searches, handcuffings, or arrests. They searching or they cuffing? Somebody going to jail. Guess who's going to jail tonight? Three. That kind of outcome was less likely when a police officer's first words provided a reason for the stop. The first 45 words, which is less than 30 seconds on average, spoken by a law enforcement officer during a car stop to a black driver can be quite telling about how the stop will end, says Eugenia Rowe, a we, researcher at Virginia Tech. We're the only people you have to have these type of conversations with our children. And I've had them with mine. We're the only people that have to have an unwritten mental law that when we get pulled over by the police, roll all the windows down, put your hands on the steering wheel, yes, sir, no, sir, Give them everything they need, and you have a 50-50 chance of making it home. We're the only people, man. They got to do this. But oh, there's no racism in America. There's no white supremacy. Black people have nothing to be afraid of. Everybody's created equal. Read. Amid the recent high-profile killing of Tyree Nichols and other black motorists after traffic stops, the findings offer a grim sketch of how police stops can escalate and how black men recognize the warning signs. Roe and her colleagues focus on black drivers because this group is stopped by the police at higher rates and are more likely to be handcuffed, searched, or and arrested than any other racial group. You don't say but there's no racial disparities in America. Come on, man. Y'all need to stop. Read. The car stop is by far the most common way people come into contact with the police. Let's get Luke chapter one, man. Luke chapter one and start at verse 68. Michelle, and I know you, you didn't went over this in your class, dealing with salvation. But I'm going to read it, man. You know how we be. We beat the dead horse. 
Because our people, they just, they don't hear, man. They won't listen, you know. Or they, they want to kill the messenger. They won't listen because of who's delivering the message or whatever personal beef they got with the messenger. Read this. Luke one sixty eight. Let's be the Lord God of Israel. Now, this is in the New Testament, mind you. Read it again. Be the Lord God of Israel. Read it again. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. It does not say the whole world. Read on. For he hath visited and redeemed his people. His is a singular possessive pronoun. Come on, I don't know what book y'all reading. Y'all really trying to force y'all way in, man. This is an exclusive book. This is an heritage, a family tree, a generational, um, what's the word? A generational inheritance. Read. And hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David. Look at the terminology being used. Had raised up a horn of salvation. Horn represents power, like a ram has its power in its horns. A horn or power of salvation. What power of salvation? That would be Christ. That would be Yahweh Shai, who was raised up for us. Look at the terminology being used, y'all. Y'all read completely over this. Salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Read on, please, verse 70. As he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began. What holy prophets? The Israelite holy prophets, who's been talking about Christ coming to redeem his people way back in the Old Testament, which you people never read, because they gave you a Bible with Psalms, Proverbs, and the New Testament. Read. That we should be saved from our enemies. We. Who's the we? Verse 68. Read it again. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. So the we is talking about the Israelites. And what's what's salvation? What is biblical salvation? Verse 71 again. That we should be saved from our enemies. That we, the Israelites, shall be saved from our enemies. You know, the people that keep stopping black people at a, 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 a disproportionate rate than they stop white people, the people that keep killing black people, discriminating against black people, those people are our enemies. The people that tell us uh, there's no uh, racism in this country, it's equal opportunity, but then you have to issue uh, laws like affirmative action. But then you have to uh, hire at least one black employee. <laughs> but everything's equal, right? Uh, but there's ghettos in every city and who live there, black and brown people. But there's no disparities. These people are our enemies, y'all. Y'all got to get this through y'all thick-ass skull. Read it again. That we should be saved from our enemies. And from the hand of all that hate us. These people hate us. They hate us. Like I said, it's a love-hate relationship. They hate us being here, but, man, they love our culture. 
They love them some fried chicken. They love them some tacos. They love them some salsa dancing. They love them some hip-hop. They love them some basketball playing niggas, some football playing niggas. They idolize Steph. They idolize LeBron. Everybody want to be black, but don't nobody want the black experience. Salvation is being saved from these people. These people are, in fact, our enemies, y'all. Reno. To perform the mercy promised to our fathers. Look at the terminology. Y'all get hung up on, oh, the Gentiles. Gentiles in the New Testament, Paul's writings. But y'all completely looked over this and the terminology being used. Us, we, our. This is exclusive. Read. And to remember his holy covenant. Our, fa- our father's talking about our forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the covenant, the holy covenant that he made with the children of Israel, not the whole world. Covenant is a contract. Read. The oath which he swore to our father, Abraham. Father of faith. Read. That, we would, that he would grant us unto us. Us. Look at the terminology. Read. That we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies. Of our enemies. Read. Might serve him without fear. Ain't that why the Most High delivered the the Israelites out of Egypt? So we could serve him without fear? Same people, y'all. Even in the New Testament. During the Roman captivity. Read on. In holiness and righteousness Mm -hmm. before him. All the days of our life. Forever, ever. Forever, ever. Read. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest. This was John the Baptist. This is the angel talking to his daddy, Zechariah. Read. For thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his way. And he did go before Yahweh, who the world calls Christ. Read. To give knowledge of salvation. To give what? Knowledge of salvation. So John came to tell the people how they might be saved. Read. Unto his people. Unto woo, all people. Unto his people. See how people don't read the Bible, y'all? Unto his people. Who is his people? Who is John the Baptist's people? The Israelites. He was from the tribe of Levi. Read. By the remission of their sins. The only people that was ever given the law. Therefore, we're the only people that could break it and become what? Sinners or transgressions, transgress the law. Read. Through the tender mercy of our God. Of our God. Read. Whereby the day springs from on high have visited us. Us. Read. To give light to them that sit in darkness. Our people. Read. And in the shadow of death, read to guide our feet into the way of peace. Read on. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit. John the Baptist, read. And was in the desert till the day of his shewing unto Israel. He, John show, was shown to who? Unto Israel. Not the whole world. I hope y'all see this, man. This is salvation. Now, let's get the last one, the black enterprise one. We only got like four minutes. You 
said black enterprise. That's it. Yep. Okay. Shit. Hold on, y'all. Acting kind of funky. It's a janky ass website. Read that. Okay. From blackenterprise.com. As reported May 26, 2023, Black Lives Matter on the brink of bankruptcy. What? Black Lives Matter on the brink of bankruptcy mm-hmm. called out for shady finances. But I thought they were a nonprofit and they for the people and they getting caught out. They're going bankrupt. Why? Read. The Black Lives Matter organization's finances are in the red. Tax documents show BLM's Global Network Foundation ended the financial year with $8,559,748 while still owing millions to organizers and relatives of co-founder Patrice Cullors, the New York Post reports. The filing highlights how nonprofit recorded revenue of $8.5 million more than half the $17 million the organization spent. Colors quit last year after financial scrutiny, but her brother, Paul Colors, is currently the only salaried employee as of last year, getting nearly $125,000 plus $15,000 in other compensation for security. His security firm, Black Ties LLC, was paid much more than that $756,330. I got news for y'all. BLM is not your savior. A lot of niggas thought, oh, yeah, the Black Lives Matter movement. That's going to save us. We just read, read in Luke chapter 1 what salvation is. Idiots. They ain't going to save you. They do this to you. First, uh, Second Peter chapter 2 verse 1. And I ran across this, man, believe it or not, and I don't agree with what the hell she be saying because she's a sellout nigga anyway. Candace Owens brought this out, and she had been saying this. She was talking about how they'll pay for funerals, but they won't pay for a black kid to go to school. Hmm. Hey, she's a sellout nigga, but she be bringing up some interesting points. And... They schools ain't the end all be all either. They schools ain't your savior either. Where we at? Second Peter two one. But there were false prophets also among the people. Like the Black Lives Matter, false prophets. Read. Even as there shall be false teachers among you. Now this was Paul speaking back in his day. Oh, sorry, Peter speaking back in his day. There was false prophets then. It's going to be false prophets in the future. Read. Who, like now. Read on. Who probably shall bring in damnable heresies. They probably going to bring in damnable heresies. Heresies is anything that goes against the Bible. Because I believe that one of the founding members of BLM um, is a, a lesbian. And we know that goes completely against the Bible. Read. Even denying the Lord that bought them. And denying the Lord and telling everybody to put their faith in politics. Go out and vote. 
how long niggas been voting and nothing has changed? Y'all need to stop, breathe. And bring upon themselves swift destruction. And this is the swift destruction the Most High is going to bring upon them, man. He's hitting them in the pockets first. I bet they uh they socialize and their mental stability is in ruins also. Because the Most High does not take it lightly when you make merchandise of his people. Read on. And many shall follow their pernicious ways. And a lot of people have. Read. By reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Right. And they say that we are a terrorist group. <laughs> We're a hate group. Read. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words. Now listen to this. Through covetousness. They just want to have stuff. It says through feigned words, through fake words. Like, oh, we can help you. Let's help our community. Let's help our people. Read. Make merchandise of you. And this is why y'all gave them niggas all that money, because they made merchandise of y'all. Y'all were just a commodity to them. All right, y'all. So we're going to switch over now from the news. I did it pretty decent right there. Mm-hmm. So it's right at 12. Let me take a brief intermission, y'all, and we're going to come back with the class title, Never Wax Tell the Revolt Part 3, y'all, on the other side of this commercial or interlude. y'all we are back we are back um and this is an extension of a series that i've been working on for quite some time entitled never wax tail and this is uh the revolt part three so uh like i said earlier at the beginning of class y'all what i've been doing or trying to do is to walk our people through a brief not even not brief man it's not brief at all let me stop lying a very extensive, concise, not not concise, extensive, <laughs> extensive history of our people, Israel, man, going back to the split of the kingdom, which happened around 930 B.C. And uh, what I did first was I dealt with the northern kingdom, and uh, when they were kicked out of the land and took into uh, Assyria in around 7 BC, 7, I'm sorry, yeah, 722 BC, they were took out of the land, kicked out of the land by the Most High, 
Uh, a lot of those brothers and sisters ended up here in the Americas, and I went over various sources, extensive sources of history, along with the Bible to prove that. Now I'm dealing with the Southern Kingdom and its captivity, and so we did the uh, Babylonian captivity, we did the Persian Mede captivity, the Greek captivity, and that's what we're currently in right now. It's like the tail end of the Greek captivity. What I want to do, I want to open up with the Treaty of Rome. So the Treaty of Rome uh, out of Wikipedia, you got that? Yep. Read it. Yep. Roman Jewish Treaty from Wikipedia.org. The Roman Jewish Treaty was an agreement made between Judas Maccabeus and the Roman Republic, according to the book One Maccabees and Josephus's Jewish Antiquities. Now, I covered this last week, y'all. So go back last week and listen to the treaty that Judas Maccabees made with the Romans. Read. It took place around 161 BCE and was the first recorded contract between the Jewish people and the Romans. The Romans apparently extended an offer of aid to the Judean rebel side of the Maccabean revolt. It does not appear the treaty ever resulted in direct action by the Romans, but may have deterred other states from more extreme measures against Judea. And that is correct. So, Judas Maccabees, man, this dude was a fierce warrior, but he was smart also. So what he did was he formed a league with the Romans. And we went over this last week, like I said, because the Romans had already beaten the Greeks. And the Romans basically had a chokehold on the Grecians or the Greeks. And the Greeks were scared of them because the Romans were more powerful, even though they were the same people, both both sides are Edomites, but one side was stronger than the other. And Judas Maccabees was like, hey, man, we need to form a, an alliance with them just to keep these Greeks off our back. So the Romans didn't have to necessarily uh, take arms up against the Greeks, but they just needed to know, hey, the Romans is backing the Israelites. We need to back the the alpha. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So let's jump down a little bit. Go, yeah, go ahead and read this. This is just basically saying what I just said. Go ahead. During the early 2nd century BCE, Rome's power and influence in the Eastern Mediterranean region was growing, while that of the Hellenistic Greek successor states formed from the conquest of Alexander the Great was declining. So during the 2nd century, you had the Romans uh, on the in, on the on the rise to power, and you had the Greeks going out of power. Their their uh, kingdom was declining. Read on. Rome had defeated the Greek Syrians of the Seleucid Empire in the Roman Seleucid War of 192 uh-huh. to 189 BCE. Y'all see, I wasn't lying. Read and imposed terms at the Treaty of Apamea that required the Seleucid Empire to pay Rome an indemnity, as well as send important nobles to Rome as hostages. Now, that's covered in uh, 1 Maccabees, the first chapter. It talks about how Antiochus' epiphany was a hostage at Rome. Read on. Rome defeated Antigonid Macedonia in the Third Macedonian War of 171 to 168 BCE, 
placing the Greek heartland under Roman influence. You see, this is, this is one of Rome's territories that they took from the Greeks. Read. Rome then interfered. And, and that territory would be Macedonia. Read on. Rome then interfered in the Sixth Syrian War between the Seleucids and the Ptolemaic and Ptolemaic Egypt, forcing Seleucid king Antiochus to choose between stopping his invasion of Egypt or facing war with Rome. And that's, this is also in the book of Second Maccabees, and I believe it's the, the fourth chapter you read about this. Read. The Roman intervention resulted in the war ending and Antiochus forced to hand back Cyprus to the Ptolemaic kingdom. Mm -hmm. This incident was perceived as a humiliation of Antiochus and a sign to those discontent with the leadership of the Seleucid Empire that they might have a powerful ally in Rome. Mm -hmm. The treaty was negotiated during the Maccabean Revolt, an attempt by Judeans first to stop Seleucid decrees against the practice of traditional Judaism. So this treaty was made with Rome during the time that Judas Maccabees and his brothers were uh, 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 on their campaign, guerrilla warfare against the Seleucid dynasty or the Greek, the Greek dynasty, read. And later to acquire autonomy for the region. After winning a number of victories and capturing Jerusalem in 164 BCE, Judas Maccabeus sent two emissaries, Eupolemus, son of John, son of Akos, and Jason, son of Eleazar, to establish a treaty of friendship with the Roman Senate. Now, I read this last week. If y'all want to go back, y'all can go back to 1 Maccabees chapter 8, verses 1 through 29, and it covers that. Now, let's get First Maccabees chapter 9 and verse 17, because I said we were going to get it last week, but we ran out of time. So we're going to get it this week. This is the, going over the death of Judas Maccabees. First Maccabees chapter 9, verse 17. Read. Whereupon there was a sore battle, insomuch as were slain on both parts. Judas also was killed, and the remnant fled. So here is the death of Judas Maccabees, y'all. Read. Then Jonathan and Simon took Judas, their brother, and buried him in the sepulcher of his fathers in Modin. Mm-hmm. Moreover, they bewailed him, and all Israel made great lamentation for him. And mourned many days, saying, How is the valiant man fallen that delivered Israel? As for the concerning Judas and his wars and the noble acts which he did and his greatness, they are not written, for they were very many. So this brother had a many, many valiant uh, wars that wasn't even mentioned in the book of Maccabees. Judas Maccabees was a bad brother, man. Remember, the word Maccabees means hammer. They call this brother the hammer. Read. Now, after the death of Judas, the wicked began to put forth their heads in all the coasts of Israel. All right, so Jews uh, Maccabees dies, and uh, these wicked nations, they just come out, man. Because remember, under Jews Maccabees, we had a little bit of sovereignty. He had went back. He uh, recaptured Jerusalem. 
He uh, rededicated the temple to the Most High. He re- he re- rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. He fortified it. So this is after his death. This is the aftermath. Now let's go to uh, this article here, Wiki, and read that. Britannica.com. Oh, it's from Britannica. Okay, go ahead. Hasmonean Dynasty, also spelled Hasmonean Dynasty of Ancient Judea. So this is dealing with the Hasmonean Dynasty, and it's going to explain what the Hasmonean Dynasty was. Read. Descendants of the Maccabee family. So this was the descendants of the Maccabees. Read. The name derived, according to Flavius Josephus, in the Antiquities of the Jews, from the name of their ancestor, Hasmonaeus, Hasmon, or Asmonaeus, in 143 or 142 BCE, Simon Maccabeus, son of Mattathias, and brother of Judas Maccabeus, succeeded his brother Jonathan as leader of the Maccabean revolt. So after Judas Maccabees dies, his brother, Simon Maccabeus, steps in and takes his place. Read. Against the Seleucid dynasty. And was still fighting against the Seleucid dynasty. <laughs> Read on. He soon became independent of the Seleucids as high priest, ruler, and ethnarch of Judea. The offices were hereditary, and Simon thus became the first of the Hasmonean dynasty. So when it says that they, the office was hereditary, meaning it was going to be passed down from son to son. Read. He was succeeded by his son. John Hyrcanus the first, Aristobulus the first, Alexander Janius of his widow Salome Alexandra, Aristobulus the second, John Hyrcanus the second, and the last Hasmonean Antigonus, who was deposed and executed by the Romans under Mark Antony. All right, we're gonna get to that. So let's go to the Homans Bible Atlas now, y'all. Page one eighty five. And I want you to start at uh, What does that say? Yes, the Hasmonean dynasty From the Holman Bible Atlas Page 185 The Hasmonean dynasty Simon and his descendants Governed an independent Governed an independent Jewish state Approximately 80 years Until Roman intervention in 63 BC So Simon and his what? His offsprings They ruled for about 80 years before the Romans stepped in. Read on. Historians call this line of kings the Hasmonean dynasty, mm-hmm. named after an obscure ancestor of Mattathias mentioned in the works of the first century Jewish historian Josephus. Now, we're going to get some of the Josephus also, but this is just going hand in hand what we just read out of the Britannica. All right? So this is a second source. Read. The Hasmonean rulers expanded their control to include most of Palestine. At the same time, these kings betrayed an increasing inclination toward Greek ways and the pomp of pagan royalty. So initially, the Hasmoneans, they hated Greek culture. They were firmly against it because, remember, we had a lot of Israelites going back to the time of the Maccabees, and you can go back to the first chapter and read, how a lot of Israelites assimilated willingly to Greek culture, to Hellenization. And then there was the forced 
conversion to Hellenization under uh, Antiochus' epiphanies. The Hasmoneans, they stood strictly against Hellenization. They was not having none of that. We're going to find out <laughs> they switched up. Read on. Because they bore the title high priest, even though Mattathias was not of high priestly lineage, traditional Jews, such as the Pharisees, who first appear in this era, distanced themselves from the Hasmoneans. Now, remember, we read about the Pharisees, and the Pharisees were a spinoff of a, of a group called the Hasidians. We read about this last week. And that's the reason I covered it so y'all wouldn't be lost by the time we made it up here to the Pharisees. Y'all can see which positions they initially held and then how they flip-flop from the position. Read on. Tensions between conservative elements and the royal court eventually led to armed conflict in the reign of Alexander Janius. Yeah, we did. We had a civil war. We're going to read about that too. Read on. Simon expanded the Jewish state to the coast when he seized Joppa and Gezer. He reaffirmed Judea's status as an ally of Rome. Antiochus VII. No, he said he reestablished it. Remember the treaty we just read about that Judas Maccabees made? His brother Simon reestablished that during his conquest. So what Simon did was he was reconquering or recapturing lands that were already ours. So that was his conquest that he started off on. Read. Antiochus VII. Sidet, one of the last effective Seleucid kings, tried to regain Palestine, but Simon and his sons repulsed the invasion near Modin. In 135 BC, Simon and most of his family were murdered in a palace coup at a banquet held at Dock near Jericho. So Simon was, and his family was massacred. So let's get First Maccabees chapter 16. Let's show this. And are we going to read this? I want y'all to think about what this reminds y'all of. What, what famous series <laughs> that this, this scene reminds y'all of? First Maccabees chapter 16 and sort of verse 9. At that time was Judas, John's brother, wounded. But John still followed after them until he came to Cedron which Sendavius had built, even unto the towers in the field of Azotus. Wherefore, he burned it with fire, so that there were slain of them about 2,000 men. Afterward, he returned into the land of Judea in peace. Moreover, in the plain of Jericho was Ptolemaeus, the son of Abubus, made captain, and he had abundance of silver and gold. For he was the high priest's son-in-law. So this dude, Ptolemus, was an Israelite. Read. Wherefore, his heart being lifted up, he thought to get the country to himself, and thereupon consulted deceitfully against Simon and his sons to destroy them. So this Israelite, once again, fighting for the priesthood. The priesthood was a really big thing, y'all. I don't know if y'all know this by now. But it was so big that you had niggas fighting to be priests and basically the priests had power so you had niggas fighting for power so this nigga was destined to set simon and his sons up to have them work so he could step in into that role like we just read out of the homeless bible atlas simon was a priest but during this time and then we're going to read it in the rest of this class 
whoever the priest was was also the king. So you held a tremendous amount of power. So this is why this dude is trying to murk Simon and his family. Because he's, ki- he's killing Simon off, and he's killing all of Simon's lineage off. That's why he wanted to kill his sons. Read on. Verse 14. Now Simon was visiting the cities that were in the country and taking care for the good ordering of them, at which time he came down himself to Jericho with his sons. You see, you see how, how this dude cared about the people? He's visiting all the cities, man, to make sure that everything's in order and everybody's being taken care of. He generally cared for his people, man. You know? With his sons, Mattathias and Judas, in the hundred, threescore, and seventeenth year, in the eleventh month, called Sabbat. And this brother named his son after his father and his brother, his dead father and his dead brother, man. That's what's up. Read on. Wherefore, the son of Abubus, receiving them deceitfully into a little hole called Jacus, which he had built, made them a great banquet, howbeit he had hid men there. So he called them to a banquet. Then he had men hid there. Read. So when Simon and his sons had drunk largely, Ptolemy and his men rose up and took their weapons and came upon Simon into the banqueting place and slew him and his two sons and certain of his servants. That's some dirty stuff. He fed them. Let them get full. Let them get tipsy. And then came in and killed them, man. And you know, man, after you eat, you ain't trying to fight. You caught off guard. You relax. Your guards are down. But tell me if this story don't remind you of the Red Wedding from um, Game of Thrones. See, Esau's not original, y'all. They be stealing. Read. In which doing he committed a great treachery and recompensed evil for good. Then Ptolemy wrote these things and sent to the king that he should send him and host to aid him and he would deliver him the country and city. So he sent this to the king. King would have been um, the the solution king. I forgot his name. He was the king at this time. Read. He sent others also to Gazara to kill John. So he sent others to kill John. Because remember, John didn't go with the rest of his brothers and his father. He stayed back. And remember, he it was important for him to kill John off because he had already killed the brothers, so killed that lineage off, and John was the last remaining brother, so he had to go in order for him to rightfully claim uh, the throne as priest and king. Read. And unto the tribunes he sent letters to come unto him, that he might give them silver and gold and reward. Mm-hmm. And others he sent to take Jerusalem and the mountain of the temple. Now one had run afore to Gazara and told John that his father and brethren were slain. Mm-hmm. And quoth he, Ptolemy had sent to slay thee also. So he got the word. Somebody dropped down. Man, they coming to kill you. Read. Hereof, when he heard, he was sore astonished. So he laid hands on them that were come to destroy him and slew them. For he knew that they sought to make him away. As concerning the rest of the acts of John and his wars and worthy deeds which he did and the building of the walls which he made and his doings, 
Behold, these are written in the chronicles of his priesthood from the time he was made high priest after his father. So, y'all, this is just letting us know we ain't got all the books because you don't read no more about John Hycranus in the Apocrypha. All right. So we have to use secular sources to help fill in the blanks. So let's get back to the Bible uh, atlas, the Homer's Bible atlas, page 187. This is, say, John Hycranus. You got it? This yellow part right here, John Hycranus. Read. Antiochus VII's death in 129 B.C. left John Hyrcanus in a position to extend his rule further. In that year, John attacked Medeba east of the Dead Sea and added the surrounding territory. A year later, he led a campaign into Samaria, eventually destroying the Samaritan temple on Mount Jezerim. Now, Samaria was the capital city of the northern kingdom, y'all, the northern kingdom of Israel. So that was right up the street from the southern kingdom. But John Hycranus went in, and he retook Samaria. Because remember, the northern kingdom was kicked out of that land. And the Assyrians, their policy was to bring in foreign nationalists and replace them with the people they kicked out of whatever land. And that's what they did. They brought foreign nationalists into that land. So this is John Hycranus coming back and kicking them out of that land and reclaiming that land. So, and this is very important to remember. So by the time you get to the time of Christ, you had Israelites that were living back in Samaria, back in the northern kingdom. I want us to understand this is very important because I've heard certain brothers say that all the Northern Kingdom uh, brothers, was they left, uh, and they came over here. That's not so. You know, as I've done in this series, I, I read and proved how a lot of those Northern Kingdom brothers ran down into the Southern Kingdom, and they went into other areas around the globe. So when John Hycranus recaptured Samaria and kicked it out, you had Israelites that was occupying those lands. Now, I I haven't done the research to prove it, but it's possible that a lot of those northern kingdom brothers and sisters that left during the Syrian uh, captivity came back to that land. I want us to remember that. All right, read on. A year later, he led a campaign into Samaria, eventually destroying the Samaritan temple on Mount Gerizim. John conquered Idumea. He conquered who? Idumea. Now, remember, we got this last week. He, he, he conquered who? Idumea. Read. In 125 B.C. Now, the Idumeans were the Edomites. I read this last week, y'all. Matter of fact, I ain't going to get it now, but I'm going to give y'all a reference. So y'all can go back and look it up. It's page uh, 239 in the Zonovan Compact Bible Dictionary. It gives you the definition of who the Idumians were. You can couple that with page 141 of the same book, the Zonovan Compact Bible Dictionary. It lets you know that the uh, Idumians were the Edomites. These were Esau's sons, so-called white people. 
All right, keep reading. Forcing the Idumeans to submit to Jewish religion or leave. Now, this is very important. John Hyrcanus is responsible for the forced conversion of the Edomites into what they loosely refer to this day and age as Judaism. He's responsible for that. This proves that they are, in fact, converts. This proves that their forefather is Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. Not Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, y'all. Read it on. A second campaign northward against the cities of Samaria and Scythopolis brought more of Samaria and the Esdraelian Valley under Jewish control. The 30-year rule of John Hyrcanus, 135 to 105 B.C. So this brother ruled for 30 years, y'all. 30 years of conquering and converts. Read. Lifted the political and economic fortunes of the Jews, but it revealed some curious features. The Hasmonean dynasty took on the characteristics of a Hellenistic monarchy. Whoa, read that part again. The Hasmonean dynasty on the characteristics of a Hellenistic monarchy. Now remember, the, his, his daddy, Simon, and the rest of his brothers and his ancestors, his, his granddaddy, was strongly against Hellenization. And this nigga comes in and he willingly assimilates. His ancestors were fighting and killing niggas for this. They died for the sovereignty of our nation. Now he's coming in, and he's doing the stuff his father never fought against. What sense does this make? This is us, though. Always want to be like the damn nation. Read that part again. The Hasmonean dynasty took on the characteristics of a Hellenistic monarchy. John employed foreign mercenaries in his army. So he had foreigners, heathens, Gentiles in our army, in Israelite army. Read. He changed the names of his children from Hebrew into Greek. He did what? Changed the names of his children from Hebrew into Greek. Y'all see this, right? So this this fills a big hole, a big gap, man. So by the time you make it to the New Testament, you're now reading with some understanding. When you see that Peter had two names. Mm-hmm. Remember Simon Peter? Two names. And several other of the disciples had two names also. Now we can understand why. No different than now. We got two names. We got our Israelite name. We got our Jake name. It's the same thing, man. It's nothing new under the sun. Although he avoided the title king, his court gradually assumed the trappings of Greek culture. Religion became a tool of conquest with John and his successors as conquered people were forcibly converted to Judaism. So he did just convert. Edomites to Judaism, to our ways and our culture, he converted all nations that he conquered. 
So this would explain you got all these other nationalities talking about we're Jews too. This is where it came from, y'all. This nigga. Read on. The majority of Jews supported John, but such actions stirred grave concerns among Orthodox groups. Meaning us that wanted to stay true to our culture, our identity, and our heritage. Rightly so. Is that it? Favored the Sadducees over the Pharisees. Now, this is when the Sadducees and the Pharisees come into play, y'all. This is very important as we get into the New Testament. So he initially favored the who? The Sadducees? The Sadducees over the Pharisees. Read. The Sadducees came from the the aristocratic landowners and priestly upper classes who were more comfortable with royal power and perhaps less offended by certain accommodations to Greek customs. You see this? More assimilation. Is that it? All right, we're going to get the book Caesar and Christ, page 530. So the book Caesar and Christ, page 530, man. This book is hot fire, y'all. Hot fire. You got it? Okay. From Caesar and Christ by Will Durant, page 530, the Hasmonean. In 143 B.C., Simon Maccabee, taking advantage of the struggle among the Parthians, Seleucids, Egyptians, and Romans, wrested the independence of Judea from the Seleucid king. A popular assembly named him general and high priest of the Second Jewish Commonwealth. 142 B.C. 8 through A.D. 70, and made the latter office hereditary in his Hasmonean family. Judea became, again, a theocracy under the Hasmonean dynasty of priest-kings. It has been a characteristic of Semitic societies that they closely associated the spiritual and temporal powers in the family and in the state. They would have no sovereign but God. Right. But remember how they started assimilating. We don't. Recognizing the weakness of the little kingdom, the Hasmoneans spent two generations widening its borders by diplomacy. Y'all see? This is the forced conversion. Read. By 78 B.C., they had conquered and absorbed Samaria, Edom, Moab, Galilee, Idumea, Transjordania, Gadara, Pella, Gerasa, Raphia and Gaza. You and see all those nations that were occupying those places, they started trying to be like us. Well, not even trying to. They were, but it was a forced conversion. All of those nations' names were converts. Read. And had made Palestine as extensive as under Solomon. So they grew the kingdom. Which was there was nothing wrong with that. We were just retaking territory that was ours, some territory that was not ours. Nothing was wrong with that, but something was wrong with us converting to Hellenization, to the Greek way of life, read, and paganism. And had made Palestine as extensive as under Solomon, the descendants of those brave Maccabees who had fought for religious freedom, enforced Judaism 
and circumcision upon their new subjects. They forced Judaism and circumcision. Are y'all hearing this? Are we understanding this? There are nations out there still running around thinking that they Jews and they ain't the Jews, y'all. They not. I hope y'all getting this. Read. Upon their new subjects at the point of the sword. At the point of what? The sword. (laughs) They threaten them with death. Read. At the same time, the Hasmoneans lost their religious zeal, and over the, the bitter protests of the Pharisees, yielded more and more to the Hellenizing elements in the population. Queen Salome Alexandra, 78 through 69 B.C., reversed this trend and made peace with the Pharisees. But even before her death, her sons, Hyrcanus II and Aristobulus II, began a war of succession. I'm sorry. We weren't supposed to read all of that because this is coming later. What I wanted to prove here, y'all, was how other nations were forcibly converted into what's called Judaism, all right? And the reason that's so important to bring out is because you got a lot of people saying that they Jews, and they really are not the Jews, y'all. But this is how that happened. This is how they they got that in their head. Matter of fact. I'm going to get this. Yeah, I'm going to get this, but I want you to get uh, get that book, Who is Esau, Who is Edom, page 7. And tell them where you're reading from. Okay. Yep. Okay. From Who is Esau, Edom, by Charles A. Weissman, page 7. The Nabathians now occupied Mount Seir. The Nabathians are the Arabs, y'all. These are Ishmael's descendants. Read. Now occupied Mount Seir, and the Edomites were driven into the old territory of Judah. They were driven into our territory. The Maccabean family, a remnant of the true Judites, had ruled Judea from 166 to 37 B.C. And under Judas Maccabee, 1 Maccabee 5 and 3, recaptured the city of Hebron from the Edomites in 164 B.C. Mm-hmm. During the time of John Hyrcanus, 135 to 105 B.C., the nephew of Judas, the Judites, were again faced with the hostility of the Idumeans. Hyrcanus confronted the Edomites, causing a decisive change in the relations between the two factions. John Hyrcanus conquered the whole of Edom. He what? Conquered the whole of Edom. Now, we didn't read this. Another source, read. And undertook the forced conversion of its inhabitants to Judaism. He forcibly converted them. Is that it? As referenced in Antiquity, Josephus Antiquities, the eighth book, ninth chapter, and first paragraph. Then all right. Now, that's all I want from that. Okay. And we are going to go to the Josephus. Okay. 
looking for a scripture real quick. Hold on, y'all. Give me just a second. I'm looking for a scripture. Let's get Josephus um, Man, I still didn't write the page down I'm sorry Uh, Ah, man, I gotta get the scripture So we're gonna go to the Josephus, y'all Book 13 Chapter 9 Hmm. Yeah. Bear with me, y'all. Bear with me. Yeah, we're going to Josephus and tell them where you at. Mm-hmm. From the Josephus, the Antiquities of the Jews, Chapter Nine. Paragraph, excuse me, book 13, chapter 9, paragraph 1. How after the death of Antiochus, Hyrcanus made an expedition against Syria and made a league with the Romans concerning the death of King Demetrius and Alexander. Now, we already read all of this. It's just another source proving the same thing, read. But when Hyrcanus heard of the death of Antiochus, he presently made an expedition against the cities of Syria, hoping to find them destitute of fighting men, and of such as were able to defend them. However, it was not till the sixth month that he took Medaba, and that not without the greatest distress of his army. After this, he took Samaria and the neighboring places places and besides these Shechem and Jerusalem and the nation of the Cuppians who dwelt at the temple temple which resembled that temple which was at Jerusalem mm-hmm. and which Alexander permitted Sanballat the general of his army to build for the sake of Manasseh and that's the temple that was in Samaria yeah key reading who was son-in-law to Jadua the high priest and we have formally related which temple was now deserted 200 years after it was built. Mm. Hyrcanus took also Dora and Marissa, cities of Idumea. So once again, it's talking about the, the, uh, John Hyrcanus' conquest. He took the cities of Idumea. Read on. And subdued all the Idumeans mm-hmm. and permitted them to stay in that country mm-hmm. if they would circumcise their genitals. Mm. And make use of the laws of the Jews. Mm-hmm. And they were so desirous of living in the country of their forefathers that they submitted to the use of circumcision. They agreed upon it, read. And the rest of the Jewish ways of living. Read on. At which time, therefore, this befell them that they were hereafter no other than Jews. So this is when they start calling themselves Jews. 
I hope y'all are seeing this. Now let's get Jeremiah chapter 16, and we're going to read verse 19. All of this is in books, y'all, and in the Bible. All we got to do is read. So we're going to Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 19. So John Hycranus, and then we're going to find out his sons did the same thing. They went on a conquest to recapture lands that were formerly Israelite lands, and some of the lands weren't, but their policy was to force convert every land, every citizen that they had captured to Judaism. Jeremiah. 1619. Mm-hmm. O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction. Uh-huh. The Gentiles shall come the, unto the, thee. The who? The Gentiles. The Gentiles, the other nations, the heathens, going to come unto thee from where? From the ends of the earth. Read. And shall say. So this is what they're going to say. Read. Surely our fathers have inherited lies. So this is talking about in the end of days. What are they going to say? Surely our fathers have inherited lies. We've been lied to. What did they get lied to about that they was the Jews? Why did they get those lies put in their heads? Because of the forced conversion of the Hasmonean dynasty forcing them into Judaism. Read. Vanity and things wherein there is no profit. <laughs> All they inherited was a bunch of lies and things that do not profit them because he ain't even their God. I hope y'all are seeing this, man. Now, we already got, did we get the Josephus? We got that. Now, let's go back to the Homan Bible Atlas, page 187. Matter of fact, before we get this, we got a little bit of time. Let's get Matthew chapter 13. And this is why Christ said this, too. One of the reasons, anyway. Now, this is the parable of the sword, y'all. We ain't going to read the uh, parable. We're going to read the understanding he gave behind the parable. So Matthew chapter 13 and start at verse 37. He answered and said unto them, he that soweth the good seed is the son of man. So it's talking about him. He's the, the sower or the former. He planted the good seed. Read. The field is the world. Right. Are the children of the kingdom. So the good seed that Yahweh shall Christ said he planted are the children of the kingdom, the Israelites, the children of God. Read. But the tares are the children of the wicked he one. He said, but the tares are the children of the wicked one, of Esau. Read. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The spiritual entity, the devil. Read. The harvest is the end of the world. And we're, that's what we're waiting on right now, y'all. We're waiting on the harvest. Read. And the reapers are the angels. Read. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. 
So Yahweh is going to separate the wheat from the tares. He's going to separate the Israelites from the non-Israelites because it's, it's such a mix-up. It's such confusion that he's going to have to do that, y'all. I hope y'all are understanding and seeing this. Now let's go back to the home uh, Bible Atlas, page 187. And I want you to start at, because uh, you did you read all of that on John Hyrcanus? Start at Archibulus, uh, his son, Archibulus the first. Okay. From the Holman Bible Atlas, page 187, the I. The brief reign of Aristobulus I, 104 to 103 B.C., was marked by cruelty. The eldest son of John Hyrcanus. So this is John Hyrcanus' son. Read. Aristobulus received the high priesthood, but his mother occupied the throne. So you had a, a woman sitting on the throne. Read. In a bid for complete power. Yeah, that's Remember, that's something we never had. We never had a, it's like that damn Netflix movie, The Woman King. We never had a woman king. Read. Aristobulus imprisoned his mother. He locked his own mama up. Read. Who later starved to death. And he starved her, or she starved herself to death. Read. And all of his brothers except one. He was the. Wait a minute. Read that part again. In a bid for complete power, Aristobulus imprisoned his mother, who later starved to death, and all of his brothers except one. He wiped out all his brothers, all his successors. This is something that Esau does. Y'all don't believe me? Watch some of those damn movies, how they be killing each other. Because, matter of fact, you got to watch the movies. Just read what we've been reading. Because ain't this the same thing that Antiochus was doing? Mm-hmm. This is the exact same thing. This is the same thing that the Romans did. And we're going to get into that, too. We're acting like the nations now. Y'all see how far off we went? This is why the Most High had to bring us to this level of captivity. Look at the mess we was doing. Killing each other. This nigga killed his mama. And his brothers. Read. He was the first Hasmonean to claim the title king. Read on. The one enduring accomplishment of his reign was the conquest of Upper Galilee. Upper who? Galilee. This is in the northern kingdom, y'all. Because you remember Christ was going all throughout Galilee. That was in the northern kingdom. So there were still Israelites there. I want us to understand this. Read. Which he wrestled from the Iturians, an Arab tribe inhabiting lands north and east of the Sea of Galilee. Aristobulus forced the Iturians to submit to circumcision. He did what? Forced the Iturians to submit to circumcision. You see this? Look at all the confusion, man. Not just circumcision, read. That's the end of that one. Uh, yeah, so he forced them to, to convert to circumcision, but our ways also. Forced, more forced conversion of Judaism. Now read the next one, the next brother. Alexander Janaeus. Alexander Janaeus succeeded his brother Aristobulus upon his death in 103 B.C. 
something. Remember, that all this is the Hasmonean dynasty, y'all. This is uh, Simon's kid, his lineage. Read. To solidify his claim to the throne, Alexander married the widow of Aristobulus. He married his brother's widow. Nothing was wrong with that. That's actually the brother's law that's found in Deuteronomy. Read. Salome Alexandra. Janaeus pursued a policy of conquest extending the Jewish state to its greatest extent with victories in Transjordan, the southern coastal plain, Thea, Gaza, Antidon, and the Sharon Plain, Stratos Tower, Dora. Campaigns in the Transjordan increased the Jewish state from Panias to the Dead Sea, with the exception of Philadelphia. Man, you see, these brothers were bad warriors, man. Look at all the territory that they're conquering. And that was cool. But the only thing that wasn't cool about it was they were Hellenized. Read. Commercial success followed as import taxes, tariffs, and exports derived from Janaeus' control of trade routes produced revenues for the royal coffers. However, social and religious tensions ignited a six-year civil war. So we were rich in monetary gain, but look what was happening. Then we started fighting amongst each other. And it's always happened, man. In time of peace, when we ain't got no enemy outside our nation, we just start fighting each other. This happened, happened even during the time of Solomon. Hell, during the time of David. When David's own uh, son was fighting against him, and David brought that on himself. Read on. Pitting Janaeus and his Sadducean supporters against the Pharisees. The Pharisees appealed to the Seleucid king, Demetrius III, for help. So you see the Pharisees and the Sadducees in the mix. So the Pharisees, they went to another nation. They went to, back to the Greeks to ask them for help to fight against Alexander uh, is this no, this is, uh, is this, yes, Alexander Janus. They went to ask them to fight him. Read. Demetrius III responded by attacking and inflicting a serious defeat on Janaeus near Shechem. Now, Demetrius III is from the Seleucid dynasty, too, y'all. So still the Seleucids in the mix. Read. The presence of a Seleucid king in Palestine caused many Jews to support the Hasmonean dynasty. Ultimately, Janaeus triumphed, although the political cost was great. Janaeus executed 800 Pharisees and their families. So this nigga killed how many? 800. 800 Pharisees and their families. This nigga was ruthless. Israelite. Read. In reprisal and thereby alienated many Jews. So because he killed all these Pharisees, a lot of the Jews were messing with him. A lot of Israelites didn't want to mess with this dude. Read on. Janus executed 800 Pharisees and their families in reprisal and thereby alienated many Jews. All right, so go back, go down to the end of independence. Hyrcanus was the weaker of the two brothers, although he was high priest. No, 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 right here, where it says the independent, no, right? Start at this paragraph right here. The end of independence, the widow of Janus 
Salome Alexandra assumed civil authority upon her husband's death. So Alexander Janus dies, and then his widow comes into power. Read on. And reigns nine years, mm-hmm. 76 to 67 B.C. Mm-hmm. Her eldest son, Hyrcanus II, assumed the role of high priest. Under Salome's leadership, the Pharisees rose to power in the Sanhedrin. So this is the Pharisees coming into power. The Sanhedrin is the 70. You know, the same cats that wrote the Septuagint. Read. Later, Jewish literature described Salome's reign as extraordinarily prosperous, reflecting the Talmud's bias towards the Pharisees. However, upon Salome's death, her younger son, Aristobulus II, with support from the Sadducees, challenged the right of Hyrcanus II to rule. The Pharisees supported Hyrcanus' civil war. Y'all see? This is how the the, uh, the Pharisees came into power. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Read the rest of it. Hyrcanus was the weaker of the two brothers, although he was high priest. After a military defeat, he was ready to surrender his cause when an Idumean governor named Antipater, intervened on his behalf. Antipater, the father of Herod the Great, was... Antipater was the father of Herod the Great. This is when they pop in and on the scene. Read. Was from a line of Idumean governors who served the Hasmonean dynasty. Antipater, recognizing the opportunity to become a power broker, backed Hyrcanus, securing the aid of the Nabataean king, Aratus III. So this is Esau. Esau always waits for the opportunity. And this is how they came into power once again in Judea. Read on. The ploy worked. Aristobulus was defeated and put on the defenses. The Jewish civil war came at an inopportune time. In 164 B.C., the Roman general Pompey conquered Syria and threatened Palestine. Supporters of both Jewish factions appealed to Pompey for help in deciding the matter. Pompey favored Hyrcanus to the chagrin of Aristobulus, who resisted Pompey's decision. Pompey marched on Jerusalem in 63 B.C., seized the city, and established Hyrcanus as a high priest the era of Roman rule over the Jews had begun. This is where the Romans came into power over our land, y'all. So, y'all, that is it. That's all the time we got. Uh, We will pick up there next week as we get into the Roman captivity and the time of Christ, y'all. So I hope y'all got some education on the class. I hope uh, everything was clear. If you got any questions, please hit me up. 314-482-9110. And until next week, Lord willing, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to please tune in to Tuzzle Pop. Tuesday. Tuzzle Pop. Tuesday. Tuzzle Pop. Tuesday. Every Tuesday. The Watermelon Shop is looking at the broadcast.